0: Do something small, really small first. Don't spend a ton of money on your first project
1: because you need to make a lot of mistakes. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, episode 66.
2: I'm Leslie Shannon. And I'm Elise Sievert. Today we are sitting down with actor filmmaker, Allison Powell. We talked to her about her feature film, Banging Laney, low budget tips, and drop the prop gun. gun. I mean, it was hard. What, (laughs) running 50
1: miles is hard?
0: Yeah.
2: I didn't know that. That's very surprising. What mentally do you do to get through it?
0: Um, Honestly, like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Do you love running? Are you just I do. I do. I love running. And, like, normally when I'm running, like, a training run, I'll, like, think about stories or I solve, like, script problems or, like, production problems. Like, I'll try to think about that. Or I'll, like, play songs in my head because I don't listen to any music because I don't listen when I'm racing. So then I don't listen when I'm training, so everything's the same. Um, Or I just, like, watch my miles go by because you should really eat, like, every 30 minutes or so, which is usually, like, every three to four miles so that I'm, like okay you know in two one more mile I get to have a snack or whatever and it just passes this hour I have, I have no idea like I don't remember what I was thinking I was just so it's like the most meditative I think I've ever been running like time just didn't exist thoughts didn't exist it was just
2: like get up this hill it was fifty miles. Just for our listeners, it was yeah. fifty miles, which is <laughs> yeah, just you know, not Diff a you run around the run. park. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, um, that's great.
2: What a sense of accomplishment! Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean it. It was it was a struggle because I had thought I would finish it between ten and eleven hours, and I was hoping to do ten, and then I was just realizing like that was not going to be possible, and then. I was hoping to do between 12 and 12 and a half. I went two hours slower than I really had wanted, but I just kept going. I was like, I'm not gonna stop. The cutoff, 7 p.m., I got in at 5.30. And I still got third place out of all the women, which was a total shock. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Thank you. So it just, I wrote a whole little article this morning about just like, because I always talk about how filmmaking is like um, treading water in a pool of stress and just being like... (laughs) You're going to get all the pool eventually, like the days count down, you know, if it's a three-day shoot, you know, if it's a four-day shoot, if it's a 15-day shoot, like whatever it is, like you just, you're counting down those days and you're like, okay, we're going to make it. And that, that really was a very similar
2: experience of just, you know, okay, there's another aid station in like five
0: miles. Here we go. you're not
2: a ball of stress on set. You're very relaxed on set, at least when I saw you.
0: Yes, I think... I think it depends on the project and the day and what's going on. Ideally, when you're producing, you should there shouldn't be anything to be stressed about on set. All the problems should have been solved way before. But when I was making my feature, we had so many things coming up on the day. Um, and I also, you wore a lot of hats. I wore so many hats. But also what I was going to say is I am a, the opposite of a stress eater. Like when I get stressed, I don't have an appetite. So then I was basically existing on tortilla chips and tea for like four days. Which is not good. <laughs> it's not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was very stressful. And Wait, did you shoot your
2: feature in four days? No. Oh, oh my okay. God. I no. was like – Oh, no, Whoa. no, no, there were only like four days no where it was really treacherous. no, 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 no no, we 15. shot
0: in fifteen fifteen oh, good. days,
2: good, but there were four days where it was like, oh man,
0: we just we just gotta survive.
2: How did you balance wearing all of those different hats the from writing, directing, acting, like what were your techniques for balancing?
0: Well, hmm, I went in knowing that I wasn't going to be as as heavy-handed or the plan was to not be as heavy-handed in the producing side of it while I was on set. I had an amazing lead producer and two other producers who were going to be in and out. But I had one producer, Lauren, who should also be on this podcast. Yeah, you Lauren's know. last name. Lauren Brooks. There Shout out to Lauren Brooks. Um, and so the plan was to really kind of put me in a bubble so I could just focus on performing and and directing in the story, that didn't end up happening as much. We lost a location on one day, and that really – it was our school location, which we needed for about four days. So losing the one location – There's the you tortilla know, chip yeah. days. <laughs> Those were the tortilla chip days. It was just a domino effect of, like, then everything changed. I was pulling script uh, scenes out of the script that night. Like, this doesn't have to take place in a classroom. This doesn't have to take place in a classroom. What if we're mopping? What if we're in a parking lot? What if this? Like, just – that instant problem solving. So that obviously was not the plan going in to be doing all of those things and wearing all of those hats. The plan was to just be focusing on like performance and story. The main thing at the beginning that I was balancing, well, first as I sat down and put my actor hat on and was like, oh my God, how do actors prepare for a whole feature? Like, what am I supposed to do? So I first went down and I don't even know if anyone does this maybe I made this up I probably didn't but I just went through the whole script and on the first page you know that says like banging Laney by Alison Powell that's pretty much blank I just wrote like scene one. I made up a title for the scene. This is what happened. Scene two. See, I just went scene by scene and just wrote it down. So then, whenever I saw on a call sheet, you know, we're shooting scene seventeen, I could just look at that and go, "Oh, scene seventeen. My mom's doing my makeup in the bathroom. Great. I know what's happening." And luckily, because I wrote it and because the character is so similar to me, I didn't have to do a lot of preparation beyond just remembering in the map of what was happening and what had. And then I could easily look and go, "Okay, here's the information I've learned before." You know, I don't know XYZ yet. Whereas, if you know, it's the scene in the bookstore, well, that's almost the end of the movie. So I know everything that's happened before then. So I just like wrote out a map basically for that. And then balancing directing was trusting Lauren and our UPM, Brian Fellows, was also wonderful. And our script supervisor, like anybody that was able to watch Monitor, because once we lost our location we also lost half a day of filming so everything was got condensed and crammed and there wasn't really time to watch playback it was two takes and a pickup maybe three takes if i really had a strong opinion as to why um but it was a lot of trusting and then watching the dailies at night and going okay we got it we
2: got it and just really trusting that i knew the story. Did you rehearse with your actors because I found when I no, okay. No, okay. no. Mm-mm. I've just found when I'm directing and acting and something mm-hmm. that's my key in because Yeah. then you can go fast. But that's amazing that you were doing like two takes and a pickup and you're like this is what we're doing. Here we go.
0: Yep. I didn't rehearse with any of the actors. Some our, our male lead was from New Mexico, well, from Texas. So couldn't rehearse with him, and one of our other leads was from New York, so there just wasn't
2: time. Did you audition, or did Mm -hmm. you, yeah?
0: Yeah, we auditioned to everyone. Um, We ended up recasting, or having to recast, one of the other male leads, My Best Friend, the two no not two days like three days before we started shooting the person who we had initially wanted to cast his manager wouldn't let him come and shoot a feature for three weeks because it was pilot season and I said to my to Lauren I said that's totally fine I'm not offended at all this was an actor who Lauren knew from another project and I said I just feel that you should reach out and let him know i don't think his manager is uh, is doing him any favors and i'm not personally offended i'm just saying if you if someone's been offered a lead in a feature you shouldn't turn that down to maybe get an audition for pilot season and so that ended up putting us in another crunch time position of finding that actor we ended up skyping people because Lauren was already in New Mexico doing pre-production things and getting things ready. And the person who we ended up casting is a good friend of my younger sister from growing up who I never really had met. But he had friended me on Facebook. He moved out last or a year ago, October, and had reached out when we were crowdfunding. And I was like, hey, I want to meet you. You seem super cool. I'm in the middle of trying to raise $60,000, so I don't have time. And then I reached out way later and was like, do you want to be in my movie? And he ended up being amazing and phenomenal. And then I called him and said, you got the part. This was Friday afternoon at four. I said, we start shooting Monday morning. I'm driving out to New Mexico tomorrow. You can come with me. Or if you need a day to process we'll fly you out on Sunday. It's totally fine. And he said, no, I love driving. I'll drive out with you on Saturday. And I said, oh, you love driving. I hate driving. Do you want to drive me to New Mexico? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, sure. So that was sort of a rehearsal in that the person playing my best friend, we, the first time I ever met this person, we got in a car and drove 12 hours together. That's
2: amazing. So we had some instant bonding. Yeah. That relationship bonding to like yeah, be there underneath everything yep. for filming. That's great. So that That's worked really out awesome. Um, was this your first feature that you wrote?
0: Or how you yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This was my first feature that I wrote. It's a romantic comedy, which I usually hate. I don't know how I ended up writing it, but that was that. There we go. <laughs> yep. You never know nope. what you're gonna end up writing. No. Nope. <laughs> the title is great. How did you come up with the title? Honestly, because I was pitching it to someone and someone said, What's the title? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, What is the title? Banging Laney, that's the title, and it did just you already stuck. Have her name? I think I did have her okay. name, okay, and it just sounds good. It sounds great, but like, then it's such
2: a good title. So
0: I already had named her Lainey Burroughs way before I watched what is it, She's All That, where her name is Lainey Boggs, and I watched that movie and I was like, no, I, I promise I came up with it independently. But I just love it's the so name long. too much. So, I just, I kept it. I, yeah, I didn't even change it. I mean, it.
2: that's, it's been, what, 20 plus years? I think so. <laughs>
0: but that's a great movie,
2: it's by such, the way. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It really I would love to enjoy it. But I, I do always laugh that they're like, she's not pretty at all. And uh. then until you take her glasses off, I'm like, you can tell she's gorgeous. You yeah. know, like you can yeah. absolutely Well, that's how it tell. is in, in
1: Princess Diaries and all
0: the movies. I know. Just yeah, so just take your hair down and then you're gorgeous. Yeah, take, take your hair down, off. take
1: your glasses off, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, throw like a light. You know, she's not beautiful. Beautiful makeup on, oh, and right. yeah, and gotta done. love
2: love Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. in that too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's really funny. Okay, so you are like the queen to go to for putting together crews and um, doing things on a budget, mm-hmm. and you're putting out all this great advice on the social media platforms right you've been writing some great stuff I've noticed so for we have a lot of listeners who are actors like just starting out making Mm -hmm. their own work like what would be your your first piece I know there's a lot of advice but Mm -hmm. what would be your first piece of advice to someone that's like ready to dive in to make a project
0: don't be ashamed to ask for help it's probably number one that's great I did a whole video that's sort of similar to this. I was talking about being okay with saying that you don't know how to do something. It took me a really long time to be comfortable saying that, even in life, but especially on set. And I definitely used to be that person that would go, oh, sure, and then you walk away for 10 minutes and then come back, and you're like, yeah, it's not working, or like pretend that you tried, but you really didn't because you just don't know what you're doing. And I think it's way better and it takes actually a lot more confidence to just say I don't know how to do that and can you help me but you'll save so much time and so much energy and I actually respect people so much more when they tell me that and I think that's my number one piece of advice is I don't I still don't know everything but I'm way more comfortable saying to a DP now yeah I don't know what that is So if you want me to rent it, you're going to need to, like, send me a screenshot of it on Amazon or whatever because I have no idea what you're asking me for. Even right now, I'm trying to send some files to our colorist, and it is a hilarious email chain back and forth where I am just like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I tried to import the footage on my computer nothing's working i texted my dp and he goes oh it's a it's in red because we filmed it on red so you have to download red cinema or it won't play okay, great, that's a really easy solution. I downloaded it for free. But if I hadn't been okay just texting Same him and, and full-on like, admitting this is not working and I don't know what I'm doing, I mean, I could have just been at my computer for four hours, <laughs> you know, but instead it was only, like, ten minutes because I just said, Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. This isn't working.
1: <laughs> I do that with sound stuff with my husband, so mm. I. this is not my – this is not my place, but I've yeah. learned how to do a lot of mm-hmm. um, a lot of recording stuff and do VoiceOver or whatever. And yeah. I find when I'm working with Pro Tools, I'll look at it and sometimes when things happen, I'll Google. Mm-hmm. I'll do an initial Google. and if I don't find the answer within like five minutes, I'm like, "Hey, how do you do this? Yeah, <laughs> just because I it does. It takes so much time. It to does. research and look up that stuff. And, and no.
0: <laughs> yeah no and you're you're never gonna know how to do everything I still don't know how to do everything and it's better and people are more excited I think to be involved when they feel like they're really helping if you're just approaching it as like just being bossy and like here I need you to do this rather than will you help me then I think it gets people more excited but
2: that's number one you gotta ask for help okay um when you were writing your script, because you had produced a lot and um, were you thinking about locations, limited locations <laughs> and limited characters speaking and or did you just write and then you thought about it? Because I feel like that's always the juggle yeah. when you're a producer writer. Like,
0: Yeah. So when I first started writing it, I actually hadn't produced a ton. I'd mainly produced really small sketches for about 100 bucks or less and... So I wrote it. I think my first draft was way more ambitious. I know it was. And then while I was working on refining that draft is when I really started producing a lot of other projects and bigger things. And then I went through and made everything, tried to make it smaller again. I made it so initially or in one draft Lainey and her friend Stephen don't eat lunch in the cafeteria they eat lunch alone in the library because that cuts down on extras that cuts down on a location it was easier to cheat a library you know inside a house maybe than really needing a full cafeteria and then I met with Gabe Cowan who's a lovely producer and he Said, you know, I think I don't even remember if he read the script, but he was just like, it needs to be even less. So, there is a scene that takes place at a football game, and I had initially had it there in the stands. You see the football game going on, you see all the fans. This is totally impossible to do for forty thousand dollars. So, I rewrote the scene. It's homecoming, it's a tailgate, so they're in the parking lot. You just have people walking by in the background, you hear the game. And we see the stands, and that's it. Very – And it makes it very, a more intimate scene. Oh, yeah. So there's always creative ways to do that. But definitely, if I mean, if I went back and read my first draft now, I'd just laugh. I'd go, Allison, what are you thinking? <laughs> this, is, this is a million-dollar movie. <laughs> I think balancing that – I think what's harder now is when I'm trying to just write to be creative or just to practice writing – To shut that part down and just say, well, if I'm not really planning on filming it anytime soon, then I can write anything that I want instead of going oh, well, you're writing a sketch that takes place at a farmer's market. You're going to need a lot of extras and a lot of stands a and pop tents.
2: <laughs> Good thing you're in California because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of farmer's markets exactly.
0: here. Exactly. <laughs> so that is definitely a struggle. But when I first started writing it, I wasn't even thinking about budget. Yeah.
1: So what are some other things that you would recommend to people that um, – helps to keep the budget down when you're when you're creating a project. Because clearly, like locations, lots of extras, those are two things that you've definitely made very clear that makes a big difference. It
0: makes a huge difference, mainly because getting background, getting extras, it's really hard to get people to come for free. And so you're going to end up paying those people. And so ideally, you just don't have that many. I directed a short at the beginning of March that took place in a bar, which is a very expensive location, typically, especially in LA. And I said, I am making the director's decision that it's a dive bar that you'd wonder how it stays open. There's not a lot of patrons. And I'm okay with that. And therefore we had four extras the whole day. That was it. We didn't need a bunch of people filling it up because... It's a cheap bar.
1: It's a Patty's Pub situation. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so location is really key, but location is also very dependent on who it is. So let's say, I i mean, I wish that I had a friend who owned a mansion in Malibu. Let's say I did, then, and they're willing to let me film there for free or for very cheap. Then that becomes a really achievable and affordable location Or if you work at a bar and are good friends with the bartender, then maybe you have an in there. So anywhere, thinking about location, it's mainly where do you have access to that you can get for cheap instead of, you know, writing just for an apartment. Also in LA, obviously avoiding outside or city streets so you don't have to do permits is very key. The other one that I didn't think about until I was in New Mexico And I had my little script map of scenes. And then I realized like every scene almost was a different day because it all takes place through a couple months in the school year. So every date is a different outfit. Every day at school is a different outfit. And the costume designer was amazing. And luckily he'd plotted all of this out and had plans and drawings. But I was just like, oh my God, we don't have a costumer on set always. He was a student. And so I have to keep track of what I'm wearing every day and do I have my purse, do I not have my purse, do I have my backpack? And so minimal days within the script, not necessarily minimal days shooting, but something that takes place over one to three days is ideal or it all takes place on a spaceship in the future and everyone's wearing
2: a onesie the whole <laughs> time. That's like, Never I feel change like... change uniform. Yep, I feel like we that's... You could have had a school uniform. I could have. That would have been
0: uh-huh. a good idea and a good uniform. option. Yeah, I, I did not We didn't even think about yeah. that. But anything that just minimizes... The amount of costumes that you have to purchase or the amount of, you know, thinking and stress. So that is good. And then when you're hiring crew on a budget, you know, also asking people what they have that they can bring, that they can use. It's totally legit to hire a DP that is willing to use their camera and paying them a small rental fee for that camera, upping their daily rate. Anything that you can do to kind of – bunch those people together, sound
2: people come with equipment, anything like that. What have you noticed um, keeping crew happy on a low budget? Good
0: food, good lunch, and good crafty. Really, really, really important. Um, Smart and final, again, if you're out in L.A., I don't know what the equivalent might be somewhere, maybe Aldi, maybe, Uh, or grocery bargain outlet. I kind of have crafty shopping down to a science now. I can do it for about a hundred <laughs> bucks for two days. It's pretty good. And that's that really good. is including, you wanna have something that's a fillable protein, so a good trail mix, and not a trail mix with chocolate if you can avoid it. Maybe some dried fruit, but like a nut mix. It's not actually that expensive to add a couple flats of sparkling water. Everybody loves their LaCroix or something similar, and it makes it feel fancier. And they're only about 10 bucks. It's worth it to splurge a little bit on that. Oreos, I recently realized, I was like, why is nobody doing Oreos? Some chips and then fruit, good fruit, not just bananas, but, you know, apples, oranges, and then bagels, peanut butter, cream cheese things that are filling, and then you don't want to skimp on lunch. Lunch should be have all of the food groups, protein, carbs, a vegetable, and a dessert if you can do it. And then really good coffee and also having hot water and tea. I'm a tea drinker. And just having that
2: is, is huge help. Like those little, little things, like the tea, the mm-hmm. toys. Mm-hmm. It
1: makes – one of the things I've found that I do, and it, it depends on how big the set is, but um, one of the things that I do is when I send out, like, the Google form to make sure no one has, like, mm-hmm. food allergies and all that jazz, yeah. I'll ask, like, what is one thing you like to have on set? And yeah. you maybe aren't able to get it for everyone, but you can kind of cross-reference everything and see what makes people yeah. – because making people feel special makes them – they they want to work harder for you.
0: Yeah. I love doing that. And especially especially if you're asking people to work for free or for very reduced, then just having some cold grapes on set or cliff bars or whatever it is, that's worth it. And also you can buy those things on a credit card, you know? Yeah. Which is Smart. Don't go crazy into debt, but a little <laughs> bit, you know, just to get cinnamon altoids or whatever it is. I think that's a great. That's very specific. Great I know. Point. I was like, I was <laughs> like, know, like who is it that like
1: cinnamon altoids? I don't know someone.
0: anyone. Um, <laughs> so that's one thing, and the other thing is obviously not going overtime. Twelve and a half hours maximum. People should really hopefully be in their cars and driving away by Isn't twelve hours. Amazing how some
2: people are oblivious to that like it's I, insane I mean, and sometimes you have to like sometimes yeah. it's like we have to do this today location yeah. whatever whatever but sometimes it's like you're just disrespecting people mm-hmm. because you've wasted yeah. time on x y and z yeah and people want to get home you know yeah it's and they need to sleep especially if you're shooting yeah consistently. they need
0: to sleep you definitely should respect the 12-hour turnaround as much as you can And letting people go at 12 hours or 12 and a half is the maximum. There are some circumstances that you can't avoid. We only went overtime one day on my feature, but that's because we blew a fuse on the building and it took an hour and a half to get the lights back on. See, that's like, and that was what it was. And that was what it was. We ordered pizza, so we did have a second meal. That's another great thing that you can do, not every night, but, you know, when people are wrapping your last day, just having some pizza show up, some pizza and some cold beer while people are packing up their gear goes a long way. Just, and just being nice, just being grateful. I always try to say please and thank you. There's so many people that don't. (laughs) And it's like, it takes no time
1: and costs you no money. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Just letting people know that you're thankful for yeah. what they're bringing to the table.
2: Yeah. Did you bring crew from LA to New Mexico for your feature? We did. did?
0: Yeah. We brought our DP, Josh Anderson. He's amazing. And he brought his gaffer and his first AC. That's who he wanted to bring. Our sound, we had three different sound people. They rotated throughout the week, each week. And our the rest of our like key grips and grips – our second AD, our script supervisor, and our makeup artist were all local in New
2: Mexico. In New Mexico, great. yeah, great. Because there's quite a little. We've actually interviewed a few people from the New Mexico oh, film nice. circuit. Yeah, love There's it. like a good little.
0: Yeah, New Mexico, and we shot in Las Cruces, which is about 45 minutes from El Paso. So we had some crew from El Paso as well. So
1: oh, okay, tapping into both those areas, both those different markets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really cool. So I feel like I'm gonna completely like change gears here. Totally. Go um, for it. Yeah, I love I love doing that. Um uh how did you transition from acting into creating? What was that path like for you?
0: Well, I wasn't getting any auditions.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: nice. you know, wasn't ever getting in to a room or called in from a class and Kept hearing the same thing that I think a lot of actors are sick of hearing. That's like, well, you're doing all the right things. You're doing you're so talented. You're so great. Like, just hang in there. It's like, no. I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> this is dumb. And I had done at that point, I had I the first thing I ever produced and filmed, I don't even have the footage for. I'm sure it's terrible. I learned a lot. I spent sixty dollars. That's all you need to spend to learn that you don't Know how to do it properly, yet <laughs> <laughs> and then next time you'll know, which is I also tell people that a lot. I'm like, do something small, really small first, don't spend a ton of money on your first project because you need to make a lot of mistakes. So the second thing I think that I did where all the little comedy sketches, our director and d p and editor, all the same person, we ran our own sound. Then I shot a music video that I had come up with the idea for rewriting the lyrics to Taylor Swift's Bad, Bad Blood to be about Mad Max and female action heroes. And that also director, editor, DP, all one person. So I really started on smaller things with very minimal crew. And then when I started writing this feature, I met up with someone who said, I wanna make something, what do you wanna make? And I said, well, I don't really have any ideas. I don't know. People want a Black Widow movie. I guess we could make that. Again, extremely naive. That is very hard to make
2: Uh, an action movie. Action movie movie
0: on a budget, right? On a budget. Uh, It's 17 minutes long. My initial script for that also was crazy, you know, there was a party in a museum, like a black tie gala, oh man, this is (laughs) not the way you should do it, but I pared all of that down and then ended up, again, I knew one person, and I initially wanted to hire him to first AD, that's what I knew that he did, but I also knew that he was a comic book nerd, and so I emailed him and said, I want to make this Black Widow movie, I have a script, Will you first AD it? And we met up for lunch. He'd read the script. He loved it. And he said, I keep getting hired to first AD. I really want to direct something. And my friend, who is a DP, and DP is a lot of the stuff that I first AD, has a grip truck, has a good connection to a RED camera, and he and I really want to direct and DP something together. Can it be this project? So you don't have to know everybody. And you just have to know one person, but a really good person. I mean, I picked him specifically because I knew he was a comic book fan. And I asked for help. And all of these other things came out of that. And I said, yeah, bring them on. Let's do it. And they also were really great in that I initially hadn't wanted to spend that much money. I ended up spending between eight dollars and $10,000 of my own money making it. I didn't keep an official budget learned that lesson <laughs> so I don't actually know how much I spent but they were great in saying you know we really think this script is something we really want to make it look good you need to hire and pay for a sound person you need to rent this you need to do that and I learned so much in location scouting and getting extras and all of those things on that project and that's when I really learned and saw how empowering it is to make your own work. I love action films. I love superhero movies. I've always wanted to play an action heroine. Like if I was gonna be a Bond girl, I'm the second Bond girl, you know, that comes in halfway through and is a total badass. Like knows not what like she's doing Yeah, not, not the like damsel the Bond girl.
2: I'm
0: the, <laughs> right. I'm the second Bond girl that shows up and like beats people up.
1: So the best kind of Bond girl. Exactly. The only kind, really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so that's that was the project where I realized oh I keep giving away my power as an actor just waiting to be cast and begging to get an audition when in reality I've just seen and learned and gone through this process where I can write a role that I want to play that I know I can play get all the people around me excited about it go out and film it and do it and and then it's made and then I sent it i didn't have an agent or a manager at the time i eventually got a meeting with one and they said oh let us see it and they said this is great you know put this up on your actors access put this up wherever and that's that was really the transition and from that project people said oh you just produced this will you help out on producing this will you help out on this and then it all just spiraled into and that's how i really got into producing
2: do you have criteria when taking on a producing project since you are primarily an actor? I didn't for
0: a while. I do now. When I was first learning, it was kind of like, "Oh, you want me to produce?" Of course I will. <laughs> I'm so honored that I'm you flattered me.
2: To do I'll all do this it. work for Yeah, free. I will
0: absolutely <laughs> produce for $50 a day. No problem. <laughs> so that has ended. I am still open to directing projects for a very reduced fee because I'm still trying to learn and better that skill whereas producing I'm like I know too much now. I can't do it. If I'm going to produce something, uh the rate needs to be really good and the script needs to be something that I really believe in and get behind. It's just too hard and too much work to produce something to not fully believe that the world is going to be a better place if the story is out in the world. And I've read a couple of projects that people have said, you know, are you interested in producing this for a friend of mine? And I'm just not. I just don't get it. I just don't see why it adds to a conversation creatively or politically. And I'm just not interested, especially in helping someone for free if I'm not a hundred percent behind the story that doesn't I don't have a clear criteria of what that means always you know it doesn't have to be something super feminist or strong female or anything but just something that has a good heart even if it's dark dark things can have a good heart
1: oh I think especially they can yeah so
0: outside of I just want to believe in it no, Well, well the, <laughs> yeah. there's
2: limited hours in the day. So you yeah. have, like you have to – and because you end up giving more time than you yeah. think to everything. Always. Always. So you have to love it to be with it and to, like, yeah. be motivated to do the work when you – I mean, even yeah. if you are getting paid, you're still – you know, it's the indie world still. So right. it's, like, not, you know – yeah. We're not buying you're not mansions you're not paying in Malibu right now. Right. Right. <laughs> well, and how can you
1: on a in a low budget format, how can you advocate for something that you don't have a love for too? Like how yeah. can you sell this to other people that oh, there's this great project I'm working on and if you don't if you don't feel that way? Yeah. It, it's it's impossible. really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easy to be a salesman when you really enjoy and appreciate and yeah. are into something, but when you're not No, it's too hard. <laughs> yeah
0: i absolutely
1: agree yeah um so you were talking about the bad blood parody that you did um we were watching that on the way (laughs) on the way over i was like playing it in there it's actually still stuck in my head um oh apologies that's all right i forgive you (laughs) um but what was uh what was that process like of making that like making a parody because i feel like that's a whole nother can of worms
0: Well, the great thing about parody is that everything that's a parody is, like, protected under parody copyright or whatever. So the sketches that I had made are X-Files parodies. Some are really funny, I think, and I'm very proud of them. Some are less funny. I wrote all of them, so I'm not offended if you think some are less funny because I agree. (laughs) The process for that is my mom has for years always been a person that rewrites lyrics to songs as a joke and she did that all growing up and so i have done that and bad blood came out right around the same time as mad max and so it was on the radio i mean every time you got in the car it was this and i just like was realizing like bad blood and mad max like they are the same syllables and i was just kind of like singing along and coming up with it and then a woman who I had just met who's now my best friend in the world shout out to Beverly (laughs) and we had just met working at a children's birthday party and I knew she was very into Shakespeare and very into rap and hip-hop and that kind of style and so I just went up to her and I said I need to write a rap can you help me (laughs) because I'm very white. I mean, so is she, but she's less white. She can write a good rap. And so she was like, oh my God, I'm so into this. So she and I would sit together on our breaks at our children's tea party job and write the lyrics. And then when we came up with that, we just started reaching out to people and saying that we were friends with, you know, are you interested in being a part of this? Here's the plan. It, it is very feminist and very fun. And we had great response. The director for that was a friend that I had met through a student film that I had worked on. Her husband had directed that, which is why I think no matter what you're doing, student films are great. They are a great place to network. If you have footage for your reel, great. Get more and meet more people because those people are going to be the people that I have ended up hiring many, many times. And it's great when you're on set to just say, what do you I like the question it sounds cheesy but I always say like what brings you the most joy on set? Like what are you what are you really trying to do, which is how you know you find out oh your DP wants to direct or your sound guy actually is a writer or you know whatever because in film school you have to oftentimes work in a lot of different departments. So, anyway, I just went and asked this woman. I said, "Olivia, do you want to work on this? Here's the plan." We rented that location, quote unquote, rented on Airbnb. It was a campsite for eleven dollars a day. I paid twenty two dollars for a piece of desert in the middle of Palm Springs somewhere. I don't know. I said, again, extremely naive. I said, "We've paid for the property, therefore we don't need a permit."
2: I don't know. It's outside of l a County, very fishy. L.A. has such different roles yeah. coming from New York. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, it's the businesses here and everyone, right. yeah, there's reasons why. but
0: So we weren't in L.A. County anymore. We drove down there, and it was so hot. We filmed it in June. It was like 111 degrees. <laughs> it, was, it was rough. But we never saw anyone the whole day. And if you've seen the video, we have a lot of fake guns. A lot of prop guns. <laughs> and so, Olivia, the director, was like, if we hear any car coming, like everybody drop the prop, like, ev- you know, everybody act totally normal and natural. We didn't see anyone the entire day. Like, that's how far out this random, like one Little acre of, of, land. of land. I was. think I rented an acre of <laughs> land. I don't even know.
1: <laughs>
0: and the other great thing that, about asking people for help and asking people for help early and getting them involved and helping them feel a part of the process is I had just written. With Beverly, the, we'd rewritten the lyrics and we'd written the rap. And that was probably funny enough. Well, Olivia was the one who came in and she said, but what's the story? It's a music video, but it still needs a story. And she said, they have the whole thing in Mad Max about the seeds and planting the seeds. And what if they're planting this garden? And so if you've watched the video, we put, you know, stakes in the ground – naming the things that we're planting and she's the one who really created that. And that I think and I hope gave her then the license and the feeling that she had such so much creative input to do the editing. And she did the after effects and she did the coloring and all of that. But I think because I said yes, I like your idea, I respect your idea, you're we're all equal partners in this venture, let's let's do it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think. I've set my my notes down. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like I don't have a brain fine, unless it's in front fine, of me. Uh, fine.
2: My brain is broken now that I've had a baby. It's broken. It's, it's, it's gone. Totally It's fine. gone. Yeah, totally fine. Double and triple check everything now. I'm like...
1: Oh, do you speak Russian? Like, how did you guys oh. do that? I was like, just <laughs> so, so curious. just like randomly out of nowhere. Oh, my God. Like,
0: so, and this is why also... When you are first starting out, especially if you want to get into producing or into creating, say yes to everything, work for free, network with everyone. You will find the people that you want to work with and the people who you meet and they're great and you don't want to work with. And that's fine. You're not going to vibe with everyone. But it was part of a group for a while called the Production Bunch. And they wanted to be making like a short every month, I think was kind of the plan. And somebody would write it and then somebody would direct it. And I was involved with them for a while, and a friend of mine was as well, and he had reached out. I kind of had stopped going to the meetings quite as often, but he said, I really want you to come and first AD this thing. I think you'd make a great first AD. You know, will you help me out? And I said, okay, sure. And that was where I met this woman named Lucy, who is a production designer from Ukraine. And she has moved to America and is you know trying to get into the film industry here and so that was the only production designer that I knew the only one and so when I started writing this Black Widow thing I said okay who, well who's going to be the production designer well it has to be Lucy she's the only one I know and I know she does things for low budget <laughs> so I reached out and she agreed to be the production designer and then I said great also do you speak Russian and she said yes <laughs> So I ha like it just happened to be the only production designer that I knew spoke Russian, so she first I first had someone else who spoke Russian record the lines for Peter Holden and myself, who also spoke speaks Russian in the scene. That's the only amount of Russian that we either of us know. and that was just too hard. Russian is really long. Like I kept thinking it was gonna be the end of the sentence, and then he kept speaking <laughs> so. Uh Peter and I met with Lucy here in this room for an hour, I think, just going over phonetically how to say things. She she and this other man named Matt Baca, who was very helpful, did all of the translations for us because you can't do Google Translate. So they checked all of that.
1: And it will say so many weird things oh so it's backwards. Crazy. It's insane. Yeah.
0: So she and Matt helped with that. I mailed Matt some chocolate chip cookies. I've never met him actually in my life, but that was how I was paying people. And I just would say, I make great cookies, send in your flavor requests and I'll get it to you. (laughs) So he won a chocolate chip. And that's, that's how that happened. And then I just looked up, I mean, I watched so many YouTube videos on how to speak with a Russian accent. And then I just practiced that and it's really, it was really bad at first. It's a very <laughs> different accent than anything that I've done. But I think that's the other thing about, you know, not being ashamed or not being afraid to ask for help is A, you know, I asked, will you translate this Russian and teach me how to speak it. But our we did rehearse for that project and a lot of our first rehearsals, I would speak in a Russian accent the whole time because it was too hard to switch in and out. But also, it was an atrocious Russian accent. Like, I would hit a word and just be like, I can't get my mouth to, like, form and make this come out in a Russian-sounding way for a long time. But I just, you know, wasn't ashamed about
2: it. I was like, Hactus here we go. This makes perfect and everything. through. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just thought that was really cool. I was like, uh, does she just randomly have this skill of speaking Russian and that's oh. why it's inserted in
0: here? <laughs> nope. But... I did also a lot of research into the history of the character and the comics, and like, what would people really want from a Black Widow movie? And I was like, well, she has to speak Russian.
2: So. I, I don't know comics, so I'm not the person to. I I believe you. I don't know. I can't contradict <laughs> that. You can neither confirm nor deny. Confirm nor deny, deny that. My husband could though, but I just gotcha. I just can't. Yeah. Um, what's next for you after this making this feature?
0: Oh man. Well. I am working on a couple of different things. Writing-wise, the script that I'm closest to and, like, feel like I'm willing to kind of die on the hill for is a Western. It's a very dark <gasps> two-person, slow burn Western thriller. It's extremely different from Banging Laney. But that's <laughs> the piece that I keep revising and I'm like, this is this is the one that I want to do. It also will cost so much more money because I, was- I need an entire abandoned Western town. I can't fake that.
1: I was also thinking, too, like, automatically Western. I'm like, horses? Do you have to have horses? I need
0: two horses only.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard to keep that low budget. But I
0: guess I need also a dead
2: horse.
1: (gasps) You can Mm. production design, maybe? (laughs) Lucy, what are you doing? Can you make
2: me a dead horse? I need a dead horse. I needed a dead cat for a film, and it was really hard. It was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny. I mean, it was low, low, low budget. (laughs) but it's Just funny. get a stuffed cat. We, like, wrapped it in a towel. Yeah. And, like, yeah. It's, oh, man. It's bad. It's oh, really man. bad. You, you see it so fast. Like, we had to, like. Yeah. But. But it's fine. Animals you made Dead are it. hard. But that was the whole thing that yeah. the film was about. So we needed. Gotcha. Action. It's just fun. It's so, just a funny right. little thing.
0: <laughs> so that's the one that I'm hoping, you know, somebody sees banging Laney and it's like, what? You made that for 40000 What can you do for more money? I'm like, let me show you. I'll make a Western. <laughs> Then uh, I'm potentially producing a short film in August that's going to be shot on film. We're waiting to get the funding for that. And if all of the funding comes through, I'll be producing. If not all of the funding comes through, I'll be consulting producing because uh, I'm also starting a consulting business and coaching business for actors and anybody that wants to get into filmmaking, but especially actors who are tired of giving away their power and sitting around and waiting for an audition and they just want to make that piece because all of us are storytellers and I think everybody has that story that they really want to tell and get made but there's so much not even misinformation there's just such a lack of information on how to actually do something and I'm telling you like you can make short for a hundred dollars you can make it for five hundred dollars you make it for ten thousand dollars it's just depends on what you really want to do with it so I'm working on that and
1: do you have a name for your consulting firm, or is it just going to be people looking through your name? Do you know yet?
0: The website is just my name, just com, but I think I'd like to call it the content coach.
1: I like I that. Like that. I, I that. I was like hoping that. maybe we could have another banging Laney moment by asking sweet. you, and oh, then you could and then come, I would come up and with you would come up with it, and we. That's what I came up you. with last fall I was like content that. coach. I like the
2: content coach, especially because it's like content, content, content. Like you hear that, from yeah,
0: from every everybody. every casting like, director. There's so, like, so much content, content out there. Make, make your, your own stuff, content. yeah. And everybody says that, but they don't sit down and really tell you how to do it. That's, yeah, that's very well, true. It's yeah. part and of the think, reason we have
2: this.
1: I think most, exactly. yeah,
2: I think a lot of people, like you said, they just ask people, like, I know you made this. How did you make it? Yeah. You know? Exactly. I think that's great. That's really great. I think a lot of actors will will come to you because yeah if you can't tell I love talking about it and (laughs) love helping people do it yeah
1: it's good somebody has to to help us all with it so that we can make this this next transition is there anything else that you're I mean not that that's not enough for you to be working on by no means but is there anything else you want to share with us as to that you have on your plate right now
0: no, I don't think so. I that's think that's that's, that's that's a, a lot that's enough <laughs> for the moment. So what
1: uh, what stage is your film is is your film in? Is Banging Laney in? It's
0: so close to being done, you guys. This so
2: close. exciting. It's very exciting.
1: We I've done two sound
0: sessions and one color session. So we we have the score is done, all the original songs are in, it really is in those last very final stages, and then we just have to put it all together onto one drive, and then it's done. Are you gonna do festivals?
2: with Yeah, the yep. plan is
0: to do festivals and see what we get into and see what bites we might get. Probably none, but you never know. I'm just being realistic, and then we'll do online distribution unless Netflix is like, "This is amazing, and we want it." And I'll say,
1: "Okay, thanks." <laughs> Here you go. Well, you'll have to keep us updated when I everything will. comes out, and we can share it with our community oh, of, yes, of absolutely. people so Social that media. yeah, absolutely. Um, well. Where can people find you online?
0: You can find me anywhere, pretty much. I'm on <laughs> Facebook. Just search Allison Powell. My name has four L's, two and Allison and two in Powell. Instagram and Twitter, I'm Allison H. Powell, because uh, my middle name is Harding, like Tanya Harding. So that's my website as well as my full name, allisonhardingpowell.com.
1: And I was told by Elise that if you really want great tips, um, that you are are constantly sharing stuff on Facebook. Yes, I about actually, tips of beginning the whole production. filmmaking production yep. process. So you
0: can find me there. Follow. And then you me can hire or my her page
2: for, to be your content coach. That's right. There
0: you go. I'm very available. <laughs> Book a strategy session on my website. I Give love me a call.
1: It. I yeah, love it. awesome.
2: Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to us today. And thank you, everyone, for listening.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening.
2: Bye. Bye.